This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are discussing friendship with an Enneagram type four. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I am finally filming a work with me video for YouTube, which has been requested several times for the YouTube channel. So I'm excited to get that edited and get it up soon. I think it's gonna go live. Well, it'll be the past for you, so last Wednesday. Um, I use these when I work on YouTube or like while I'm working, I pull up these like Pomodoro videos, which help me to work in a Pomodoro method, which if you don't know what a Pomodoro method is, it's basically just you work for 25 minute increments and then you take like a five minute break. And I usually do four of those before taking a larger break. And these videos typically are about one full Pomodoro and then you can like do it over again with someone. So that's what I'm working on and I'm having fun with it. My thorn is, I think I'm like really dehydrated. <laughs> um, I laugh because I normally drink so much water and then also just so many other liquids. Like I downloaded one of those like liquid tracking apps, you know, and I am always like 110, 100% like fully um, hydrated. And that being said, I when I came back from Bali, you know, I think really what happened is like on my flight from Bali to Singapore, no, from Singapore to LA, the like really long one, I was sleeping most of the time and I and I didn't really drink as much water as I probably needed to. And then I also just didn't really have and appetite and like all of that and so when I got back I slept straight for like two days and so I mean I was sleeping all day all night all day was awake all night but didn't drink any water so I think it was like literally not drinking water for days um I'm being dramatic for two days though which is insane for me and I just never got my um, appetite or my high, like thirst back. And I've been feeling weird. Like I've just not been feeling good for like the last week. Every single day I've just been feeling bad. And I, I thought maybe, you know, it was jet lag, but then there's like physical symptoms that just don't feel good. And from my 
very skilled Google research, it seems as though I must be dehydrated. Because the other thing is that since I've been back, like I said, I haven't really had an appetite, but I have been craving fruit and I haven't really been thirsty. So I've been drinking normally, I drink three to four of my water bottles of water a day and I've barely been getting through one. So I'm, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm should have dehydrated. So today I'm working really hard to just stick to my water schedule. I have one of those water bottles that are like marked hour by hour and I am just, we're sticking to it, right? Like I'm just trying really hard to be up to date on my water so that I can get out of feeling cruddy because I don't like it. My bud, something I'm looking forward to is that my husband, he's currently in school and he's also working full time. So he is very busy guy. Um, and every once in a while in school, he'll get like all of his assignments kind of do at the same time. And it is stressful. Um, it's just like a stressful season. He's got a lot going on. So I try to pick up the slack or maybe we like kind of let some things go in order to just kind of all hands on deck kind of situation. And I think the majority of his assignments are due on Thursday. And I think we'll have a little bit of a respite after that. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. All right. So let's talk about friendship with an Enneagram type four. So here's what they bring to the table. The things that we really benefit from our relationships with type four and things we can learn from our friends who are type fours. First is they romanticize their life. They're the kings, queens of just making life feel magical and meaningful and significant. And this is so fun to be friends with, right? Because they're gonna come up with like really fun things to do together. But it's also inspiring, right? Like when we're friends with someone who's doing that, it like inspires us to do that as well and to really just make the most out of an ordinary day. And they're the kind of friends who you can kind of do insignificant things with while feeling as though they are very significant. Like what I mean by that is going to the coffee shop, going to the bookstore, going to catch a matinee. These things that maybe are fun but like not riveting can all of a sudden be like this magical day that we've spent together, right? So that is so fun. And the second thing is that they savor things. And this is part of that romanticizing their life. But when we let the people in our lives, the friends in our lives influence us instead of resisting their nature, um, we can really appreciate the things that maybe don't come naturally to us, or maybe we don't naturally even value. And I think that savoring things is a really good example. And I think about my husband and a really good friend of mine and how like the things they do, they are just slower than me. <laughs> and it's because they're very sensual people. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean in like a, like a hot way, even though I mean, I, I don't think that's inaccurate either, but more so like they're integrating their senses, right? You think about like that, like, trope of a person in the grocery store who's like smelling their fruit before they buy it you know they're like fully immersed in the experience that's you know a lot of fours are really like that they're very immersed in the sensations of life and this used to 
bug me. Like if I, when I wasn't, when I was like resisting it, right? It's like everything took so much longer than if I were to do it. And I think a really good example of this is we have this like one little hike that we like to do. We do it at least once a year. I used to go by myself before I met my husband. And the way I would do this hike is like my seven self is I would try to see how fast I could get to the top of the mountain and I would time myself and I would try to beat my own record, right? Like I was like, okay, how fast can I get to the top? And I would also bring, before you start thinking I'm a three, guys, because <laughs> I know some of you did it, um, before you started thinking that, like I would bring like my picnic and I would pack it and I would speed up to the top and then I would lay out like a luxurious picnic and then I would rapidly enjoy my picnic. Like I wouldn't savor it. I would just kind of be like, oh, my picnic's here. Now I'm eating my picnic and now it's time to do something else. And then I would move down and I would go to something else. And the entire experience would maybe take me an hour max. Like it was like up, down, pause for a brief minute to like look at the sky and and have some lunch and then we're done. And my husband, when I went hiking with him, he looks at the moss, he touches the moss, he talks to me about the moss, he looks at the flowers, he touches the trees, he kind of goes off on like different pathways and explores them. When he gets to the top of the mountain, like the picnic is not just kind of eaten, it's enjoyed, right? It's like thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it's looking out over the mountains and for a while <laughs> and really thinking about them and thinking about how he fits into it and how big the universe is and how big the world is and how small it makes you feel but how grateful it makes you feel like it's a whole vibe like it's a whole thing and when this is when you know in the past episodes what we've talked about is allowing the people in our lives to influence us. And I think this is a perfect example of how when we're resisting being influenced, we become resentful of the very things that are the strengths of the people we love, right? So this savoring thing that is so beautiful and I think should be cherished in my husband, if I'm not willing to be influenced and I'm not willing to let it shift me, it becomes like a major irritation, right? It's like, oh, we're going so slow. Can we look at the mountains any longer? But when I really let it influence me, it takes me out of that future-oriented, fast-paced seven mentality that has a really hard time being in the present moment, appreciating the, the thing that I've been looking forward to for so long no longer becomes the thing I'm looking forward to and is now the thing that's here, which I find a hard time appreciating because I'm so focused on the thing I'm looking forward to, right? So this, if I let that four influence me, then it's like, oh, I'm here, I'm appreciating, I'm sensing, my whole body is involved, my whole body is engaged, I'm much more present and grateful. So all of that to say, fours savor things. Uh, the next one is they are honest about their emotions. And this is something that's great in friendships because you don't have to guess, right? You're not having to like figure out if they like you or don't like you. It's like, okay, I know where we stand. I know how you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I don't have to like 
try to read your brain, like, right, read your mind. I can just ask you and you're going to be honest with me. Whereas, like, you know, think about sevens. I'm going to pick on seven. Sorry, it's because it's me. Um, you know, sometimes my friends don't even know what I'm going through. They don't know if I'm having a hard time. And therefore, they don't get to support me very much because I don't know how to let them in naturally. But our fours are really good at that, right? Like they're very direct, they're very open. Um, I feel like I know how to be a good friend to them because they're communicating with me. And this also brings up the next one, which is that they tend to be cycle breakers, meaning they're often working against what they've inherited in childhood from their family of origin, right? Like they're, because they tend to be honest about the emotionality of a situation, they often were kind of the squeaky wheel in their families or in their organizations or in their communities. And because of this, they're really good at breaking those cycles of harmful behavior because they're the ones who are first willing to say, hey, something feels wrong here. And that can be a really a source of a major pain for those fours, but it's something to really be valued because in you know friend groups often right they're going to be the ones who say something's weird here and like something doesn't feel good to me and i'm aware of like we need to talk about this we need to be honest about how this is feeling and they're not going to like push their emotions down they you know they tend to not push their emotions down in favor of just kind of going by to get it by instead they're going to say hey guys this isn't working this doesn't feel good um, let's acknowledge that like maybe there's conflict or tension here. I'm just going to ask you directly, like, are you mad at me? Like, let's just deal with it. Um, the next one is that they empathize with your emotions, right? Like that's the greatest gift that the fours have given me in my life is just honoring the fact that I feel and it's okay to feel and it's okay to feel both ecstatic and proud of myself and happy and at the same time you know sometimes lost and sad and scared and in those feelings they're willing to sit with me in them they're not running away they're not scared they're not trying to fix them or solve them they're present with me and even sometimes will ask me like the pointed clarifying question that needs to be asked in order for me to be honest with myself and with them about what I'm truly feeling. Helping them to like help me break the cycles I have with myself, right? Kind of going back to that cycle breaker thing. If I'm constantly fixing my emotions, deprioritizing my emotions, constantly invalidating myself, telling myself to just be positive, then having a friend who's like, pause for a second. Why are you doing that? Why are you thinking like that? Why are you focused like that? What if you just let your feelings come and go? What if you're, there's nothing wrong with feeling sad? What if there's nothing wrong with, like, what if you, this just is what it is? You know, I think about my husband. I'm going to talk about him a lot this episode, I imagine. After my father passed away, you know, kind of saying, I think grief is just part of it now, you know? Like you're probably just gonna be in pain and like you're gonna have to figure out how to let sadness be part of your daily life because I was segregating it. Like I was keeping sadness in this little bucket and I was freaking out because I didn't know how to integrate it into doing because I'm so used to pushing all of my feelings aside in favor of the task or in favor of what like my priorities are that day that I didn't know how to do it while feeling sad. 
And so I had to learn, you know, he was the first one to say like, it might just have to be both. And you might have to kind of learn that skill right now. And helping me to kind of break that cycle in my own thought patterns. Okay, so here, that's what I love about our fours and what I think they bring to the table, partially, not all. And then let's talk about to the type fours. If you're a type four listening and you're like, how can I be a better friend? Let's get into it. Or, or what might be sticky in my relationships? So the first one is going to be, obviously, we know this one, it's envy, right? It's looking at what your friends have, thinking it's what you need, or thinking the grass is greener on the other side in friendship, seeing two friends who maybe you think have it perfect, and then kind of comparing your friendships to those friendships and thinking that yours isn't good enough. And so kind of not appreciating what you have for fear of what you might be missing. Uh, the other thing that can come up with envy is kind of comparing yourself to your friends and therefore kind of seeing them as your competition. Uh, this can happen even more with a sexual four because you guys are highly competitive. So paying attention to that or letting your friends' successes get you down, like kind of seeing them as like doing better than you and therefore you're not maybe worthy of them or you're not good enough or you're left behind. And I think that your friendships are going to be easier, but also your internal relationship to yourself is going to be easier when you're able to let that go, when you kind of stop looking at yourself as like in competition or in comparison to other people, because the reality is, right, we all have our timing, we all have our paths, there is no like right timing, there's no worthy or not worthy, everybody is worthy, people are in your life because they care about you, like people aren't lying to you that they like you, and it's just kind of neutral data. Maybe it's like information to what you want or information to what you are afraid you can't have or can't want, and so I just think release attachment to that kind of envious pull. Which brings me to our push-pull dynamic. So our fours in relationship tend to push and pull, meaning I really, really like you. Actually, I don't like you much at all. Like Kind of like this really intense um, in and out. And some of this comes from that idealistic nature, right? Like idealists, we get really frustrated when people and things don't live up to our standards or our expectations. So you know, if the four has like this ideal friendship in their mind and the friendship can't live up to that ideal because it's an ideal, right? It's, and we're humans, we're gonna never be ideal, right? So if it can't live up to the ideal, it can be really frustrating and it can feel like something's wrong with this friendship, so you need to pull away. But then when you kind of pull away or you push them away, maybe you feel like you really miss them. Once they're gone, you really miss them and you can start to value them and see what they offer you. And so then you kind of like pull them back in, but then when you get enough of them, you kind of push them away. And that can feel really bad to our friends, right? Like that can feel like we're disposable, like we don't, we're only there to serve you and like your impulses and your desires. So as a four, just pay attention to that tendency and try to find a way to even out 
those impulses. I'm not saying that there's not going to be times where you're frustrated with your friends or times where you miss the people in your life. Like that's totally normal. But instead of like taking action off of those feelings, just maybe allow those feelings to come in and come out and really don't make any rash decisions about those relationships without really giving it time. So maybe you say, I'm gonna, I'm feeling this right now. I'm gonna give myself, you know, a month, two months, three months to examine this and check back in from a neutral place where I don't have very intense feelings about this and then see if I want to end this relationship or call this relationship back in because it could be a, a feeling that's gonna pass or it could be a feeling that, you know, ends up staying for the long haul. All right, number three. One of the things that our fours can get caught up in, these like deeply empathetic people, right? You guys are so good at empathizing, but sometimes that empathy muscle gets cut off because you're so focused on yourself and like what you're experiencing and getting your emotions heard. And so sometimes this can look like even competing with your friends for who's suffering more. Um, it can look like comparing your trauma to someone else's and kind of hoping you have as much, if not more, trauma than them. So then you're not able to really listen to theirs because you're trying to one-up theirs, right? Um, the other thing that can happen with this is just accidentally, because we're self-referencing types. Some of us, you know, sevens are two. I, I sit with you in it. We're used to talking about what we think and what we feel and what we want and what we need, like our brains are kind of oriented in that direction with good reason, right? We were taught that that was necessary as children or that was how we learned to cope. But because of that, sometimes we may not be the most aware of when we've monopolized a conversation. We might be more likely to talk about ourselves than to ask questions. And I'm not saying this is every single four, but I do think that this is something to pay attention to if you are an Enneagram four. Just be conscious of asking questions, making sure that people in your life are feeling heard and seen. Um, and when someone, if you ask someone a question and they answer back, maybe try instead of telling a story about yourself asking another clarifying question right and some of you are like sarah jane you do not need to teach me how to be curious about people but then others are like why would i do that and it's for you guys it's for those who are like that's too much or like that's weird like why are you telling me to do this is this is for you right like try it out on your closest friends and just see how much they say how much more they're willing to talk to you about because what i think you're seeking what often our fours are seeking is deep emotional connection and typically you're trying to arrive to that place through self-revelation through sharing of what you've learned about yourself or what you need or how you're feeling or what you've gone through but you can't get the connection without the other party. Like if the other half isn't sharing the same, if they're just listening, you're not going to feel that deep connection because it's one-sided. So try it out. Let me know how it goes. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The next piece is trusting that some people are just not for you. This is for your sake, fours. Sometimes our fours are so focused on how they want to be seen, of wanting to find a place where they belong, that when people aren't immediately receptive to you or maybe don't respond well to you or don't understand your references or don't laugh at your jokes or maybe say something a little insensitive, then you feel like something's wrong with you. Instead of thinking, why did that happen? Why did they do that? Why, you know, maybe we're just not a good match or a good fit for a friendship. You think, what's wrong with me? Why don't I belong? Why don't I have, have people who love me or like me? What's, where am I failing? How am I somehow not enough? And I really just, if I could, if you take nothing else away from this episode, Type 4s, I want you to really believe me when I say some people are just not for you. And it's not that anything's wrong with you and it's not that anything's wrong with them. It's just, we're only gonna be a good match for like a few people in our life. Even people who have like 30,000 friends, you know, I've been one of those people before and I can tell you there are four of them that mattered to me, you know, that really deeply like stuck with me and who will stick with me for a long time. Like my like people, there's just a few of those, right? We all really only get a few of those. And so don't take it personally if everybody is not for you, right? I think there's like a funny TikTok where someone says, I think this is what it's from, where someone's like, listen, you can't take it personally if everybody doesn't like you. You don't even like everybody. <laughs> I think that's a really good thing. And, and and I think our fours often even do have limited energy for relationship. And what, but it's like this dynamic where it's like, I want everybody to want me, but I don't, I kind of just want to be by myself. <laughs> or maybe you just have like a few people that you, who you're close to, but kind of like this sense of like, there's something wrong with me if everybody doesn't want to spend time with me. And at the same time, I don't want to spend time with all of them. And I think that that's where you need to kind of put the focus back on yourself and like what feels good to you and what doesn't and trust that versus like kind of hoping someone else is going to pick you or approve of you or tell you that you're worthy of belonging. Next is, um, kind of on the, on piggybacking off of what we we're just talking about, it's thinking like friendships in theory are better than friendships in real life. And this is something that I can speak to with my, my husband is, um, I think he'd be fine with me sharing this. He's the kind of person who for a long time, you know, wanted all these friends and he was like seeking all these relationships. And now he has cultivated a really lovely group of humans who he's really good friends with. Like 
really good friends, like people who check in on him, people who think about him, who like pay attention to like what he's learning, where he's growing and like really like, and I think this is harder for men to experience. Like I feel like I'm laying out like basic friendship stuff here, but I know that one, fours tend to struggle with with friendships throughout their life. Like finding a place where they belong, finding, feeling like people are really fighting for them. But also I think men force especially struggle with this because they tend to be more emotionally available and that's not rampant in our culture. And so it can be a really isolating experience. And so to have that kind of deep desire and wish for most of his life only to receive it and then to feel really overwhelmed by it. And I think it's because it's like, oh, now I have all of this responsibility. <laughs> I have like these people that I belong to, right? Like I, I need to check in on or be a wet, be um, available for. And my husband will be the first person to tell you that like his dream would be to like go live in Greenland alone and like romanticize that experience and like not have any human contact. <laughs> like at all and I'm not saying all fours are like that I know very like he's a social person he's probably at this point more social than I am just in our growth journeys but but there's kind of like this like in this like I mean I want to say push pull again right like there's this I want to be social but I also want to be alone and I I want to like isolate but at the same time have people check in on me and I know other types resonate with this I think it's particularly a struggle for our withdrawing types nine four and five because again you pull away when things are stressful but no one wants to feel like they're out alone in the universe right like people want to feel connected but maybe don't always have the energy to give what a relationship or a friendship requires of them so that's why i say it's like friendships are better in theory than in real life because real life friendships take effort and take responsibility and have conflict that you have to resolve. It's like much more complicated than it is in your mind. Um, but because oftentimes fours have struggled with friendship, like that first phase of just like, I just want to belong somewhere. I just want to have people who like think about me and reach out to me and like are focused on like really cultivating a relationship with me. Um, partially that's difficult because fours tend to be so individual and so um, independent but at the same time when it kind of arrives it's like whoa this is more than I anticipated this is more responsibility than I was prepared for anyway that's just I feel like that's an imperfect sentiment but if you're a four I feel like you have like your awareness of your version of that that you would probably be able to put into better words than I'm putting into and let me know on Instagram if if you do have a, a way that you like to phrase this that I'd like to hear it now, for those of us in relationship to our type fours, here are three things to not take personally. Don't take it personally if they don't prioritize plans with you. This is again like that thing of like, they can get overwhelmed with the schedules. Um, they may just be in their own world for a time, for this like time being and not wanna kind of come out of their magical place that they're in, right? Like they're having like a time alone and they don't, might not want to come out. So keep reaching out though. Just let them know you're thinking of them. I know that that can mean a lot, but don't like, it's not really about you if they're not making time for you all the time. I think fours are people who can 
really spend a lot of time alone doing their own thing and forget like and not think that you would take that personally and like not know that you would take that personally so make sure that you don't think it's about you because that some of like their best friends maybe aren't getting as much time with them next don't take it personally if they aren't yes and friends what i mean by this is my my friend eric one time i get this phrase from him if you're if you've ever heard of improv or gone to see improv like one of the rules of improv is yes and um you never go into an improv scene and like shut it down because it kills the bit like if someone goes on stage and they're like this I'm holding a giant orange bigger than my head. And then someone else comes into the scene and goes, no, you're not. Well, now the scene is over, right? But if they go and, oh, wow, that is a giant orange. And look at this watermelon that I have. Now we can kind of like riff off of each other and there's somewhere to go. And one of the best compliments that I have ever received <laughs> was my friend Eric was like, you know, you're like a yes and friend. Like if someone says something, I never shut it down, right? Like I always kind of build upon what they're saying. So maybe I'll disagree with you, but I typically will say like, okay, yeah, I see your perspective, but also have you thought about blank? Or I, and I kind of think about it like this. And oftentimes like that's a great thing. And sometimes it's not the right response, you know? It's something I like about myself, but it's actually the the fact that my husband is not a yes and friend is something I very much value in him. Because people who are not yes and people, people who are willing to put a stop to a conversation, people who are willing to make you a little uncomfortable, make change in our world, right? Like that behavior allows for that, uh, that willingness to disrupt the flow Again, that cycle breaker behavior changes things, breaks cycles, heals things, right? Calls out injustice, does a really good job of saying, actually, this doesn't feel good here. Like something's wrong or no, you know, instead of yes and, it's like sometimes no. And so that being said, like all things, there's a strength to it this like ability to really like create change and disrupt systems disrupt patterns but also sometimes like it can feel a little uncomfy right if we're like culturally socialized to have people in our lives who are constantly yes anding us and then someone just kind of knows goes like knows sounds like k-n-o-w-s but like just no like it's like no actually um maybe not even harshly but just kind of doesn't flow with you it's not personal like I, I think that's the thing is like this section is like don't take it personally that's just kind of often the four energy is is really trying to be honest about how they see the world um, they value you seeing their perspective and that's more important to them typically than like just going along to get along so they're they're likely to not just flow with you they're more likely to be really honest about what they think and how they feel which can feel like i said like uncomfy like not as natural not as like flowing but really don't take it personally it's not about you and they're not doing it because they don't like you they're just doing it because it's the most authentic thing to do most of the time 
The next one is, y'all, don't take it personally if they get their feelings hurt easily. <laughs> They're tender, you know? There's a lot of, there's a lot of protection there, but they're trying to remain so vulnerable, right? But there's so much to protect that's kind of unguarded through their vulnerability. That's something so beautiful, but it means that like we can get right into their hearts and just kind of mess it up and like go in there and just kind of move things around. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're, they're hurt pretty easily by things that we say or do. They might take things personally that we wouldn't take personally because they are, you know, their fear is that there's something wrong with them. They struggle with belonging. They are seeking some sense that they're significant in a really big world where everyone seems like they figured something out that they haven't figured out yet. So then when you like make a comment on their sweater that's not directly positive, they're likely to take it in the most negative way, right? Like it's gonna be seen through the lens of there's something wrong with me, people don't like me, you know, and obviously some fours have like gone through a lot of therapy and a lot of work on this stuff and like maybe aren't always seeing it through that lens. So don't think like your friends are always interpreting everything you do negatively, but don't take it personally if they do, right? Because this is just like their stuff and like it's not really anything to do with you, but you can just be, be like, you don't have to walk on eggshells, but be willing to clarify, you know, if they get their feelings hurt, just say like, oh, that's not what I meant, you know? Like be willing to expand upon that sentiment and um, be really clear about what you're saying if you're, if you're able to. Okay, so those are the things to not take personally if you are friends the type four. Now let's get into specifically type pairings. So our, some of these, like the first three are gonna be repeats and you guys are gonna hear that as we go through these episodes. If you listen to every episode, then I'll, as I do more pairings, you're gonna get more repeats. Does that make sense? Like, since we've already talked about one, two, and three, we've already talked about how they relate to four, but for the sake of people who are just coming for this specific episode, I'm still gonna go through them and um, just kind of cover that ground. So for one and four combo, the pros here in that friendship are that fours help the one to really feel their feelings and ones help the four to use discipline to get their work out into the world. The cons is that their relationship to pleasure can vary drastically. Fours are pretty pleasurably indulgent, whereas ones may view that as a weakness and tend to moderate their own pleasures, which can make the type four feel judged. Type two, the pros here, twos and fours can be a really safe place for each other to share their hopes, their fears, their insecurities. They're both very emotionally available, Fours are looking for a rescuer, twos tend to be a rescuer, which kind of brings us into our cons. They may fall into that rescuer and rescue dynamic. Twos may also like see fours as too self-involved and fours may see twos as inauthentic. Now, when we get into our three, the pros here are that fours help the three to have a place to be truly seen and known and to embrace their feelings and to not feel ashamed of like falling short Threes help fours to put action behind their goals. Now the cons here are that threes could trigger the four's sense of being deficient, and fours could make the threes slow down and feel more than they are ready or willing to. 
Now, a four-on-four -four friendship, um, you know, I think fours more than any other type tend to be drawn toward each other in friendships. You see that a lot. And I think it's because you'll find like depth and intimacy in these relationships um, and you'll be met with like each other in like your ability to hold darkness, your ability to kind of be honest about your feelings, even like a dark sense of humor, you kind of understand each other. The con is that it can be an emotionally volatile dynamic if you're not careful. Um, you could compete on your trauma experiences, like who can suffer most? Um, you may try to leave the friendship before the other one does. That push-pull dynamic could be coming from both sides. And so you don't have like that anchor of stability of someone who's like, no, I'm committed. You can kind of flail around and figure it out, but I'll be here when you're done. You know, if you're both kind of in or out, in and out, um, it can be hard to find time where you're both in. For type five, um, you know, the pros here are that both are t happy to skip the small talk, right? You want to jump straight into deep conversations. Both are highly creative and tend to respect each other's perspectives. You know, fours have kind of this hold on the emotional brain and fives have this hold on the like intellectual logical thinking brain and you tend to really respect that about each other. Now the cons are that fours may feel as though fives are analyzing them instead of empathizing with them because fives tend to un like kind of understand people through the intellect, right? And then fours, fives may find um, fours emotionally draining or maybe feel like they take up too much of their time and energy. Now the pros here for our six and four combo is that they can really connect on their sense of being on their own without support. Um, they may offer support to each other in that feeling and kind of create a really stable friendship. Now the con here is that it can be really reactive. Both fours and sixes tend to be more emotionally reactive. Fours may be more sensual and explorative than sixes feel comfortable with, which again could make the four feel judged. Now pros here for the sevens and six, the seven and four combo is sevens bring optimism and belief and possibility, helping fours to really um, do what they want in their life, to increase their confidence, while fours help the sevens to really access and empathize with their feelings. Now the con here is that fours may start to see sevens as shallow if they won't go kind of dark or deep with them. And sevens may see fours as negative and kind of wallowy if they're not, um, if they're kind of wallowing in those negative emotions. Now, both of them also have high expectations for relationships. They're both idealistic types. They tend to have high standards. And so they can easily be disappointed in people and frustrated in relationships. And we have our type eight four combo. The pros here are that they share a desire for intensity and can be a really creative pairing. Like they can really work well together, right? We have creativity incarnate and action incarnate. They can get a lot of really cool stuff done. Now the con here is that they can really be hurtful to one another if they're not careful. Um, they may, they both seek intensity, so they may replace intimacy or connection with like fighting or arguing. And the other thing that can happen is that they both tend to be more emotionally reactive by nature. So they can just innately be more kind of volatile. And we have our nine four combo. The pros here is that they're gonna find solidarity in their desire for comfort and kind of pleasurable experiences. They're gonna have like creativity, they're empathizing with others, or they, they both do that really well. 
then nines can really hold space for the big feelings of the fours, and then fours can help the nines to really find their voice. Now the cons here are that you may find yourself kind of stuck in a pattern of irritation with one another, right? Not living up to the expectations that you have, right? Like nines may not live up to that fours idealistic friendship in their head, or nines might feel like they're not getting heard, you know, if they're they're constantly holding space for the four and their feelings and the four's not self-aware, they might feel like they're silenced in the friendship. Also, when stressed out, fours do become more volatile, seeking a kind of an emotional connection, while nines tend to shut down and withdraw, which could feed each other, right? If the fours like upping that emotionality and the nines kind of pulling away, it can make it kind of, you kind of drift apart possibly. So these are our combinations of friendships of the type four and just kind of you know, our summary of what friendships can be like as a type four or with a type four. I would love to hear from you on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case if you were late or if you have any clarifying questions. You can text those into the podcast phone line, which is always linked in the show notes. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next one. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.